Welcome to the Living Fabulously Fierce podcast, a podcast honing in on living with aim. That's authenticity, intention, and masterful execution. All of this as we journey through the process of self-discovery, self-definition, and self-distinction. I'm your host, Farah Bernier, talent management executive and certified coach working with fabulously fierce women across the globe. Join me as I share coaching tips and resources that you can apply to your own journey to living fabulously fierce. And as an added bonus, I'm never doing this alone. Each week, I'll introduce you to one new guest joining me to share how they live fabulously fierce. Do keep in mind while I'm here for you and we'll take on this journey together. This is not meant to be a substitute for live coaching engagements. To find out more about coaching one-on-one, you've got a few options. Please feel free to visit www.farahbernier.co. That's www.farahbernier.co. Or you can email me at farahbernier at gmail.com. And of course, the Living Fabulously Fierce handle on Instagram. With that, as always, I'm so excited to be here with you today, so let's jump into today's session. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Living Fabulously Fierce podcast. The season is moving right along, and I continue to be excited about, first, these these coaching segments um, that kick off each episode. And then all of our guests, I have been so appreciative of just the responsiveness of those who are being asked to join me in the podcast, and also your reactions to some of the uh, messages that have already been shared on the podcast. So far, we've had Shah, we've had Elisa, we've had um, just some of my reflections and we're in for another treat today, but so many of you are emailing me directly, sending um, direct messages on social media, which I love and appreciate, but don't hesitate to comment either. I welcome those as well, especially on um, Insta, so that we continue to reinforce the community feel of uh, living fabulously fierce as a whole. Um, But I just, I, I wanted to start off with some gratitude because you've heard me say this before, Sometimes when you're in the space of creating something and putting it out there, you really don't know if it's resonating with folks, if messages are landing. So I am grateful again for our guest who not one person candidly has hesitated to say, yeah, sure, I'm in. Um, And that's been such a blessing to me. And I'm grateful for the blessing that it then turns into for you as listeners and you know, side note, viewers as well, those of you checking out the the videos on the website. Um, And then also just for your confirmation that you're appreciating the content. And so I just wanted to make sure to share that. The other reason this resonates with me so much, your reach out, um, and, and as well as the guests, just their responsiveness is because to me, it translates to trust. Um... When I reach out to our guest, and some of them haven't heard that much um, in the way of the podcast, some have listened to an episode here or there. Um, Some candidly have never listened, but just 
connected with me through a professional setting or um, some other connection point. And when I shared that I'm doing a podcast and asked, they just jump right in. Didn't really even ask much, um, which translates again to me that they just trust that what I'm putting out there would be of the highest quality that I can I can um, uphold. And then also for you as the listeners, I'm I'm so appreciative each time an episode is posted within an hour how many of you are already either listening and or downloading an episode that tells me that the content the messaging is trustworthy in that maybe it is something you actually look forward to and you know there's going to be at least one thing for you to pull from the message so again coach kicking off today's coaching segment of the episode with with deep gratitude and the reason i point to it is trust I've been reflecting on something lately in the way of a quote that really sticks out for me. And I find myself coming across things at such a timely moment. And the quote that just came to the forefront for me recently was that by Leslie Booker, in which it said, we move at the speed of trust. We move at the speed of trust. Leslie Booker. The reason this is resonating with me so much as of late is that there's so much change going on, so much change personally, professionally, in the world, in my day to day. And I don't know if it's because I'm just getting older um, or if I'm just getting more experience, or maybe it is my wiring, my default. What I am observing is it's be it, it's very easy for me to build rapport and trust with others. Um, I was recently interviewed for another podcast. When it comes out, I'll be sure to share here, but. I was asked, what's my superpower? And one of the things that has come to light for me is the ability to build rapport and trust with others. It is a deep skill and it's very natural for me. Um, I even actually just finished recording another podcast um, episode for you and the guest said, oh my goodness, at one point, I guess I forgot we were actually recording. I just felt so comfortable. And again, that to me translates to trust. I recently started a new role within my organization and in two weeks time, the primary critical stakeholder that I have pointed to her value of me as a trusted advisor and partner. Now, this is not a humble brag. This is not patting myself on the, the, the back, though that's okay because I encourage that. Not the humble brag. If you're going to brag, just brag. But it isn't those things right now in this moment. What it is is an acknowledgement of the power of trust. 
Now I started off by saying change. There's so much change. And I, I'm experiencing that the rate of change, the speed of change, feels like it's getting faster and faster, especially for me in the corporate space. And when these circumstances present themselves, or conditions, I should say, our ability to keep progress going is usually limited by experience and agility. But I'm learning that it's actually maybe one more thing, if not the thing. And it's the critical component of trust. As I mentioned, I started this new role, it's been two weeks. And in two weeks time, there were some things that were unexpected that were thrown at me that I had to solve on my own and some that I had to solve with others. And everything, everything, everything so far, knock on wood, has landed seamlessly. And if I dare say so, pretty flawlessly. And I attribute it to, yes, some experience, yes, some ability, yes, a great deal of agility. But as I reflect, it's this immediate ability to build trust with people, with the, quote unquote, the others that I have to connect with, engage with, in order to move forward with. And then lo and behold, air quotes, out of nowhere, and air quotes, this quote pops up, we move at the speed of trust. And I share that both as my own reflection, but as an invitation for you to really think about your ability to build trust in others, personally and professionally, in all areas of your life. Because we know that the one constant is change. And if it's true that the rate of change is increasing, the speed of change is increasing, it is that much more critical that we are able to build trust with others, build in others about us a firm belief, this is the definition, a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. And so this week, in your own reflection, I invite you to just think about who in your day-to-day -day, as a whole being, so again, personally and professionally, do you really need to have the trust of? Who needs to be able to see you as reliable, truthful, able, and strong? either as an expert or relationally in whatever relationship you're focused on? And what components are you leveraging to contribute to that trust building? One of the things that I always leverage is transparency. Everyone knows with Farrah Bernier, what you see is what you get. And I'm a straight shooter, always. And I think that's what leads to people being able to trust me pretty quickly. So I'm gonna really proactively think about that even more so this week. 
And if, as you think about this, you really can't point to anything, that's quite all right. The reason is because you're reflecting. And so just start to think, what are the building blocks that you're going to put into your trust bank in the way of getting others to be able to trust you more? Because in the midst of all the change that we're experiencing personally, professionally, as humanity generally, we will only be able to move at the speed of trust. I hope this is helpful. I look forward to hearing about your reflections. Don't hesitate to let me know. Let's take a quick pause and then we'll jump into our guest segment of today's episode. Welcome back listeners and for those of you watching, I am excited for our next guest segment. And as always, I'm gonna turn over the mic to today's guest and have her introduce herself to us. So please tell the Living Fabulously Fierce community who you are. Hi guys, this is Natalie. I'm Natalie, I should say. Um, I live in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm a graphic designer and I am here to talk fabulously fierce to you. <laughs> so excited. So Nat, for the audience, what I always like to kick off first with is just a general question of, can you share with us the, the space in which you're currently having an impact? I think currently right now, the impact I'm having in is in the running community. So I've been running um, marathons a lot. I did take the last five years off only to grow my family. Recently married in the last six years, I was married, two children. So before then I had started running um, 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons. Then finally I decided, because running to me is almost like getting a tattoo. It's like, you just get addicted. So I decided to run my very first marathon, which was New York City in 2013. And then after that, it was just like a, like a tumble, like, oh, when you're done, you're like, you know, I'm all set. And then you think, no, I want to do another one. I want to try. And so with the trying and doing, you, you actually, achieve, you achieve your goals more and more every time. So you always want to be better and do better with the running. But the more so now, the impact I'm having is helping others know that running can be done with any person. Any person can do it. So my background more so is that I'm living with multiple sclerosis. So I've been living with multiple sclerosis since 2008. And initially when I was diagnosed, I thought, wow, look at all the things I've done that I probably won't be able to do such as running. Cause I did track and field for like seven years prior to running long distance running. So when it came time to figure out what can I do while living with this autoimmune disease, I decided why not start running and see where it takes me. So I achieved it in so many ways and forms. Even when I tell my doctor, oh, I've done a marathon, they're always like surprised and excited at the same time because not everyone dealing with MS is doing the same thing as well. Some do have it more severe than others. 
others not so much. So as much as as long as I can still keep running, it's always my motto that I will keep running until MS stops me. So so far so good. I did have a setback after having my firstborn, where it looked like I had a stroke. So I thought that was it. That was the end. I would go for walks here and there, and I would still I would feel like some sort of impediment on my right side. Then. I did get pregnant again, had my second child. Then one day I'm just walking down the street. I, you know, it's like a bug. It's like, I'm like, oh, I really want to run today. I really want to run. He's in the stroller. I'm pushing him down the street. And I think I texted my husband, like, I'm running. I'm going to go run. If I fall down, I will call you. I started running. And then when I realized I could run at least 300 to 500 meters, I think I almost cried right there. I was like, oh my goodness, maybe I can go back to running. And sure enough, I started running and I was my own cheerleader. I was you know, pushing myself. I'll go for a mile, then two miles and five miles. And then I realized, okay, this is good. Something good is happening. I was taking my medication. I was keeping up with my diet. I was running. And then literally, like I said, five years into this, I decided, you know what, let me, let me go for it. I didn't settle for a five miler. I didn't settle for a 5k, a 10k straight for a full-fledged marathon training. And what happened? COVID. <laughs> yeah. So COVID stopped. And then I had the opportunity to run virtually, but I didn't feel safe enough to run virtually only because at least when you're running, at a marathon such as like the Boston one or New York or any marathon, you have medics there. You have someone like if you fall, like people are there to call someone to help you in case of an emergency. So I didn't want to just go out and I mean, granted you're training, you're running 18 miles on a weekend. No one's really there with you, but at least you have that you're near stores and markets, but 20 miles and versus 26 miles is a complete different beast. Anyone who runs those distances know that. So I did eventually get to run in October of 2021 for Boston. Did it was my worst time ever of all the six marathons I ran, but I finished. Oh, timing. Yeah. Timing wise, it, it, it was the worst for me, but I wasn't going for timing only because I knew where I had started from in that journey to where I ended. So when I crossed that finish line, I, I was even amazed by my own accomplishments because I didn't think I was like, maybe I'll stop at mile 10, maybe I'll stop at mile 20, but nope, I kept pushing. And it was a warm day. And anyone who has MS knows warm days are detrimental. It's like your body just rejects everything. Also, you have all these weird pains. You don't know where they're coming from, but I pushed through. I did it and I finished and I signed up for another marathon, which I got accepted this Monday. So I'll be running New York 2022. Yep. I got accepted on Monday. I'll be running for the Boston, um, they're not Boston, the Black Marathon Marathons organization. So they accepted me as a charity runner. And so I will be running in November this year. Yep. <laughs> so, so, so much. But the first thing that stuck with me as you were describing your journey and your experience was you said, I'm just going to start and see where it takes me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's unreal. I'm just going to start. 
you and have see to where it start. takes me. Yeah, you just have to start. No one's going to start for you. It's a personal journey. Every time like someone asks me, how do you, how do I start running? Or what do I, what can I do to get into this running? I'm like, I can only tell you as much like a coach does or mm-hmm. like a parent tells a kid it's okay, but it's you. It's how, it's when you're ready to start. It's like, like anything, a diet, something. It's that journey that you want, you want it to be coming from you. And you, once you start, then that journey takes its course. You'll have people to help you along the way with, you know, resources to help you achieve things that you're trying to do. But that first step is that start. You have to know when you're ready. You can't wake up one morning and go, today's the day. This is what I'm going to do. You can go for that walk, that jog, something, bike ride, swimming. I'm going to learn how to swim. You just, that start, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a personal, it's a personal goal. Um, so, so that was the first piece. I, I, I'm just going to start and see what it ta- where it takes me. And then you followed up with, and I was my first and best cheerleader. And yeah. then you talked about the how of that in the face of, I mean, this is a physical challenge. It's not even just mental or just physical. It, it sounds like it truly is a combo and it's a test, but you committed to being your own and best cheerleader. Yep, Ta- I, can you share a little bit about that? So for me, when I was diagnosed with MS, like I said, I've always ran. And then I picked it up probably six months to eight months after being diagnosed. I was living on my own finally, because I was like, wow, I'm only 28 years old. How is this? How, how am I going to do this? And I would go out for runs. And people, like I had a friend who would say, you know, let's do a 10K. I'm like, what? I'm like, okay. So I'm doing these runs. And I remember standing at, it was a race I was standing in. And the New York City Marathon was about to happen the following weekend. And a bunch of people around me were like, oh yeah, the marathon's happening this weekend. And I'm like, a marathon. Now, mind you, I wasn't into, I didn't know, understand garments and sneaker thing, like proper clothing wear, like pacing and timing. I was just running just to run and enjoy the time spent on my two legs. I'm like, yes, I can run. This is great. I'm like, okay. And then I started to actually take it more into for what it was. I'm like, what is this whole like community? Like, what are they doing? Getting magazines, going on, on Google, checking on like garments and the, the, the raining, the racing and the pacing, doing 5Ks here, 10Ks here, talking to people. And then I was like, all right, I'm gonna train for a marathon. This, this, will, be, this will be great. So I started on this app, this Hal Higdon um, app that, um, that was popular at the time. And it was like a um, virtual coach, go for these runs. And I'm like, okay, I don't have a coach to cheer me on. I have friends who would see me post on Facebook and I wasn't big on Instagram at all that time. And so people would just see what I was doing. They're like, yeah, this is great. I felt good, but it was like, they didn't really understand the journey I was going through because 
here I was like, okay, I'm running. How about if I fall? Because I hear, you know, you can trip on your own self. I'm like, just having MS and I'm doing all these things by myself out there. No one's really viewing me. That's why too, when you're running early in the morning, no one really sees you. No one's there to clap. Like there's no audience. So you're just you. You're your own coach. You're your own you're your, you're the runner, you're your audience, you're your own spectator, this is it. it. It's a solo type activity, but yet it can be a team activity if you have a group with you. I know that many people running or training for marathons, so I was my own group, <laughs> I was my own team, and this was my very first, and I was going to go the way I wanted to do it without being structured in a training and the weekend that I had to run the most longest run, because when you're training, the longest you'll go and train before you actually do a marathon is 20 miles. Now, mind you, I've done 19, I've done 18, I've done 15, right? I ran the 20 miles and I didn't see this coming. So I'm running and then I hear it says, you've done 20 miles. And I was like, I was done. And, and I literally, I stopped in the middle of three. I'll never, I was in the middle of three on the sidewalk. And I just started crying because I'm thinking of what I heard the nurse told me, what the doctor told me, like things that I should think about, look for, um, things that I looked on um, Google or people who've been dealing with MS for a longer time. I just burst into tears like, oh my God, I did this. Oh my goodness, I ran 20 miles. I was like, really? But the cheerleading, was that emotional aspect? It wasn't like a like a pop of balloons, a, an expression of joy like that. It was more of like a goal that happened. I didn't even run the marathon yet. It's just the fact I ran twenty miles, and all I had to do was do six more miles. But what? If you look towards my future of what happened, I was training for that New York in twenty. I want to say it was twenty twelve. That was the marathon that no one could do in New York because of Hurricane Sandy. So I went out to New York, couldn't run the marathon. And then I came back home devastated. And then someone said, hey, I see that you've been running. How about running Boston? I'm like, how? You can only be like, you have to like qualify. Like they're, they're called charity runners. I'm like, oh, okay. What a good opportunity to volunteer my time while running, raising money and funds for a charity. That is awesome. Okay. And so I did that. So I trained for the Boston 2013. And as a lot of people know, that was a marathon bombing one. That was the second marathon I trained for. Mind you, I ran 20 miles again on my own. I was like, okay. I was like, maybe I wasn't meant to run a marathon. And then finally, Bay State Marathon in Lowell, Massachusetts, I said, I found that one. A lot of people run that marathon to qualify for Boston. I was like, okay. I'm like, I am not going to qualify, but, but I'm going to run my heart out. I'm like, I, I will, I will run this. I ran that marathon. I finished the marathon and I was like, wow. Now that was a day for me to cheer. I was so happy. <laughs> I, I, I was, I ran 26 miles. I finally finished a marathon. And then three weeks later I did New York. So I ran two marathons in three weeks separating itself because whoever couldn't finish or do that marathon in New York you had the opportunity to go the next year or the following year to run so I my body went through a lot of training and a lot of running until I finally accomplished that one marathon 
And then the following year in 2014, when those who couldn't finish that marathon in Boston, I went running that marathon too. I crossed that finish line. Now, without all the achievements I did with the New York finishing, finally doing a marathon in Bay State, when I crossed Boston, this one lady who knew me from Workout World, that's a um, gym in Boston, she, I used to do a lot of kickboxing with her and, you know, I was always doing some sort of workout just to get my body just moving because MS, you need to keep, always keep moving. I remember the late, I didn't know she was going to be there. She was at the finish line. She's like, Natalie, <laughs> now you're delirious. You just finished 26 now you're delirious. What's going on? Yeah. She, she's like, she's been following my journey. Like I was posting all these things, you know, people know I had MS and I was doing this. I was doing, I was achieving all these goals. She's like, you did this. You finished. I swear. I thought I had an all. I left all that back in Bay State. The tears came streaming down. The joy I found was cheering myself on. I was so happy. I was like, "Wow, yes, we we." I said, "No, we did this." It took a whole lot of people because when you're training. There's the waking up early in the morning. If you're with a significant other, you're like, I have to be outside. You're always outside running. You're, you're, you're just out there just running. And then people want to hang out with you. You're like, oh my God, I'm so sore. You're just sleeping. There's, you know, the activities, they have to take place when they can take place, you know? And I was more, I was more structured in my goals in running and it be, it's, it's a lifestyle. So to yeah. me, Right now it's a lifestyle and yeah. I've managed to make it work with how my life has changed, like being married, having children, you know, yeah. doing all these things because you'll see out there, there are women who are moms who are like ultra runners, you know, they're out yeah. there like for days running, <laughs> you know, you need that other to be that support. Yeah. But at the same time, like you said, like you're your own cheerleader too, because no one is going to cheer you on because then I think the marathon I just did, it was the worst timing, but the only person who cares is me. Yeah. Everyone exactly. else, everyone else, <laughs> everyone else is just like, you finished. But me, I'm like, yeah, but I didn't finish the time I wanted. And that's, I'm the only one who's holding on to that, to that moment, yeah. you know? at the end of the day that's how people have to move on you have to know that you did it and no one else cares it's it's be telling the truth no one else really cares but yourself because that is yeah. your that is your thing well it's interesting because even as you were talking about when you hit 20 miles right and it was stunning one because people don't do that training for a marathon you know like you just you wait the last six months and which is learning for me, right? Like I thought, don't you want to get a practice 26 in before, right? But no one does that, number one. Number two, you said the nurses, the doctors, what you've been reading about MS. And the, the thing is, I always have this in my mind. There's always facts and then there's truth. Facts mm -hmm. are facts. Life mm -hmm. is life. Mm -hmm. There are facts that point to how things, circumstances, situations cannot be denied right yep. these are facts yep. but we show up with new truths every day mm -hmm. but it depends on how we choose right we choose are we going to stand in the facts which is fine facts are facts right mm -hmm. or are we going to keep moving to build 
new truths. Mm -hmm. Because if you didn't start to see where it took you, if you didn't engage as your own cheerleader, you'd still have facts and nobody would think anything different. Nobody would know anything different. It is what it is now. That's what all of us would say to you, right? Because we got facts. And then you intervene with your life, your commitment, how you show up, what you're authentically and intentionally committing to. And all of a sudden there's a new truth. Mm-hmm. That's beyond powerful. And it's like you said in the end, your timing was quote unquote, uh, horrible. It was awful. Mm-hmm. That's a fact to you comparing from your previous time. The rest of us are just seeing the truth that you're a warrior, literally worrying with your own things that you have to contend with and how you're balancing your life to be an everyday conqueror in this way. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that's another lesson for us is that when you start to see where things will take you, how you engage in you as your own um, cheerleader also positions you to be, you know, a realist about facts, but embrace the opportunity right. to create it's, new truths. It's all resistance. Like, are you going to choose the easy right or the hard wrong? Right, 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 right. Exactly. Wants to it easy, but you, right. you have to push through that resistance because that's <laughs> no one wants to go through that. But you don't know right. what's over the hump. Exactly. Exactly. You don't know. You have to go through it to figure it out. Like I, if someone said, "Oh, yeah, this is all gonna happen, and you're still gonna run a marathon," (laughs) I would have like five years ago. Yeah, no, thank you. (laughs) I'm tired of thinking, even thinking of that. But that's the thing, you know. That's the the the, you, you go to a point that you're like. Why not start and see where it takes me? If I fail, I fail, but at least I tried. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's all about and just that one step forward. It's like running that one step forward. And then the other thing that sticks out, I kind of feel like this is your formula. Start, see where it takes you. Mm-hmm. Be your own cheerleader. Know that, and you said this, it was because you were alone. You didn't know the things. Mm-hmm. You didn't know there was a community. Um, And then you started reading magazines. You started joining a community. Your first run with your son, you're running and you checked in with your husband and say, listen, this feels good. I'm going to do this. If anything happens, I'll call you. And then all of a sudden, everything else started to to, um, unfold, i.e. what you need and the who you need. Yeah. Those things come back. They yep. start to show or, or they come up, they start to show. And so yeah. I think that's such a lesson for all of us. Again, start where you are, see where it takes you. Mm-hmm. Be your own cheerleader, probably because you have to start solo. But know if you stay consistent in that, who and what you know will become apparent or what you need will become apparent. And as we're focusing on masterful execution this this season i always say masterful execution is not about perfection it's legit just being consistent yeah and your area of impact that's all like this that's it that's at the core of it and that one thing that consistency that masterful execution has you killing it in the running game (laughs) 
Thank so you. thank you for sharing all of that with us. That's, yeah. I mean, beyond measure. He's and the, the last the, one. The consistency, it's been consistent. Yeah. You have to be consistently doing something to achieve that goal. Yeah. You, yeah. It's like another, I, I listened to this podcast and um, it, he's a runner and he's always talking about being consistently good. Mm. You, you know, like you can be great but are you consistently good? You can be grateful for that one moment that you did that great thing. But at the end of the day, are you consistently good in doing it over and over again? It's like training. You're going out there, running your little miles, you're, tape, you're doing that, you're doing it, doing it. But if you have that one day that you had that best pace because you killed it on the street, that's that one great day yeah and that's it yeah yeah consistently good to achieve that greatness it's not just going to happen that that one day for me to have ran that mile miles that i thought was not so good what made me go to the start and actually finish i was consistently training i was consistently every morning waking up doing some activity cross training running you know I was keeping at it I didn't just wake up and say I'm running a marathon I trained for it hot weather rainy weather I was there snow snow snow. (laughs) exactly New England exactly (laughs) I mean it's such a such a I mean there's so much um and I, I, the other thing I was going to say, the funny thing is, as you were talking, I all of a sudden also had this image, and I know it's somewhere because it just came back to my memory. It's probably in a yearbook or something, a picture of you and your fomp on uh, jersey. Yeah. Um, as you were running. So I, when I think about. I was a hurdler too. Your, <laughs> say that again. I was a hurdler too. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. I, I, just I, I was only a sprinter. I, you could not get me to run a mile. No, thank you. Really? Yeah, that I was a sprinter. So but it came to mind for me that, wow, no, 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 you've, you've been consistent in this space since high school. Mm-hmm. Like, it, and it's just interesting to see how it unfolds. See, see, like, so there, the power of consistency is not even, it is, is in, it's immeasurable and invaluable. So I have to ask you, you know, yeah. embedded in this sounds like there's some level of self-accountability as well. Mm-hmm. And we always talk about in the Living Fabulously Fierce community, for me, when I'm kind of off my game or when I need to cheerlead myself, I just have to say Living Fabulously Fierce as my call to action, my call to accountability to self. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it means something to me. It gets me back where I need to be, to be my best. Mm-hmm. And so for you, if you had to come up with a word, what would it be living fabulously what? Living fabulously in keeping pace with my time. Mm. When I say pace with my time, not only in just running, but in life. Am I going too fast with what I'm achieving? Am I going too slow? Am I taking the time? It's like training. You will get there. You will have a bad day, 
where it's too slow, you'll have a great day where you just killing it with the miles, the time, the pace, the energy, the flow. But you will have those moments where not today, it, it, didn't, it didn't happen. I pace myself in time in my journeys because when I had the setback after having my firstborn, I, I was, I was, you know, it took me down. I had to pace yeah. myself to get to where I am today. I had, I couldn't hurry it up. I didn't go back into running, but I would go walking, jogging, like even walking when I had my second born. I didn't know that day I was going to go run. Yeah. You know, it was, it was timing. It's like, you know, it's a timing thing. Like, why not? Let's try this and see where it takes me. And if I fail, then I started too soon. If I do it now, then let's see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. We could go on again for hours, but (laughs) I so much there. So I was just at an offsite this week um, and we did these random questions that each person had to answer when it was their turn. And I don't believe in coincidences. So I just, this is funny. So I'm just sharing it. The uh, question for me is what is the biggest lesson you've learned this year? And what I shared was it's important to be paced in everything you do. And I took that from running because there's consequence. Yep. Starting too hard, too fast. Yep. And there's consequence or missed opportunity sometimes for starting off too slow. And right. so to hear you point to that, it wow. is beyond measure reinforcing and inspiring. And there's so much truth in that. So thank you for sharing that. that that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that too. Yeah. yeah. Of course. So final question, and we've gone back to high school and a little bit earlier as well. Mm -hmm. When you think about the Nat from, excuse me, you didn't say Nat, you said Natalie. Um, (laughs) We're fine. When you think about Nat from, um, when you think of that version of yourself, that version of Nat, what is it that you want her to know? What wisdom or insight that you have that you absolutely want her to have? From my 10 years ago self, you said? We can do 10 years ago, yeah. Or even way back in the way back machine. Well, for example, if I were to go back to the girl in the emergency room and the doctor says, hi, you have early stages of MS from what we saw in your scan, I would look at her and say, this is just the beginning. Your journey has just begun. Because from that moment on, whatever you've done and accomplished will be more so in the journey that you take from this person telling you about this disease. This disease is actually gonna make you stronger, is actually gonna make you wiser, and it's gonna make you take risks 
Like I flew out of a plane. I, you know, jumped out of a plane, not jump, but you know what I mean? I ran six marathons, countless half marathons. I am still traveling because I've always done it even before then. And you will be, you will actually have a family because I thought you're not going to have a family. I have two children. I like, even today I'm thinking to myself, like I could have, if I could tell her, I'm like, it'll be okay. You won't be living with your parents forever. You'll, things will happen for you. It won't be as quickly as everyone around you is happening, but it will happen. It's a pace. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. Take the time and enjoy what you have every day to get to where you are today. That's what I would tell her. Mic drop. That I mean, what else is there? <laughs> what else is there? There's more. There's more. I just, I, it, sorry. It's not what else is there for you. It's, there's not, nothing to even say. It's all to just take that in. Mm. And so thank you. Thank you for sharing your light through your experience, through your authenticity, your intention, and you literally just living the embodiment of masterful execution as someone confronting challenge to it every day. So yeah, <laughs> yeah that's all, that, that's it. That's all I can say. And I celebrate even now all the more that is to come. So cheers to you, my friend. Thank you, friend. Thank you. <laughs> thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I just, I got nothing else. People, I can't, what, there's nothing else to say. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we can talk for hours. <laughs> we can talk for hours. <laughs> it's just so powerful what you've given us today. Um, and so thank you for, again, sharing your light and filling our cup in this way and just cheering you on for the next marathon, for the next everything. Um, again, even now, I can't wait to celebrate with you. Thank you, hon. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> you. And listeners, thank you so much for joining us. As always, I say, you know, if you didn't have your notebook out during this conversation, yes, go back and re-listen, but also... And watching this, just this is a real gift of light that we've taken from Natalie here. And so I encourage you to soak it all up. Um, the last thing I do want to ask you in early on, you mentioned the charity. Can our listeners know where we can contribute if anyone is interested? Oh, definitely. Um, again, like I said, um, I just got word that I've been accepted. It's for the National um, Black Marathon Association. Um, if anything, I can send you the link and can plug it yes. in and then um, it will benefit all the runners that don't get seen, honestly. So it's a good opportunity and I feel privileged to run for that um, community. And it's, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good group of folks who are just trying to just run and be welcomed and just embrace health in, in that journey that they're accomplishing. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
<laughs> all the gratitude, all the appreciation and all the adoration. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course, listeners, watchers will speak to you, catch you up again next episode. In the meantime, stay fierce and have a fabulous week ahead. Hey there, as we end today's episode, just one quick reminder, Living Fabulously Fierce is all about building community in this journey to living with AIM. With that, I really would appreciate you just doing a couple of things. If you haven't done so already, please hit the subscribe button for the podcast. And if you're really enjoying these sessions, please do leave a review. We want to make sure that it's easy for folks to find the Living Fabulously Fierce podcast and have it recommended to them as a resource. But the best way for us to do that is to have more subscribers, reminder, click that button, and to also leave a review. Finally, if you really, really love the podcast, don't be stingy. Share it with your network. All of this just takes a few minutes and it'll ensure that the support needed to keep the podcast going as a free resource to as many people as possible is definitely in place. So again, please subscribe, review, and share. Thanks so much in advance and I'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you.